welcome to Backseat Bench Brawl, a Fear the Fin podcast. I'm C. Morley, Managing Editor of SB Nation's Fear the Fin. Each week, I'll be joined by two guests who will walk me through the ins and outs of their favorite team and the teams that they hate the most. Joining me this week is Kyle Demetrius of SB Nation's Fear the Fin and Sarah Avampato of SB Nation's Jewels from the Crown to talk Sharks versus Kings. Kyle, do you want to start with a little introduction? Uh, yeah, I, I can go. For everybody that normally gets to hear my lovely voice on a weekly basis, this might be something you've heard. But for everybody who's new, uh, especially to this pod, um, I became a Sharks fan kind of when the Sharks became into existence. So I'm 29. Uh, they kind of formed when I was like two, three years old. Everybody who knows already, I live in Toronto. I'm from Canada. So Sharks were a long ways away, but my aunt unknowingly bought me a t-shirt. Uh, when I was two, three with a little shark on it and it was teal and then my little child brain thought this was the coolest thing of all time. I disowned the Montreal Canadiens, much to my dad's chagrin. Uh, and somehow through ages two to eight, I stuck with it. I and mean, I would get up every morning, watch TSN, check the newspaper before the internet came about and write down all the stats and, and follow them from afar for a long time. And now uh, staying up to 1.30 in the morning uh, is kind of like my life. So it's been a long distance love affair and uh, I love it. Awesome. And Sarah, how did you become a Kings fan? Uh, the one word answer is spite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually the legit truth. So I, I, for anyone, which I believe is probably going to be most of your audience who doesn't know me, um, I live in Chicago and I actually got my start writing in hockey covering the Chicago Blackhawks and you know lived lived in Chicago watched them win three Stanley Cups blah 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 I was so mad when the Kings beat the Blackhawks in the Western Finals in in 2014 I was so angry that I started watching the Kings the next year just out of like anger to understand like how they did it and <laughs> oh you Marion hosted it yes I Marion hosted it exactly and like little did I know that the Kings were gonna immediately become a miserable awful team after that but I I, I started watching them just to be like to like get in the mind like the belly of the beast basically um, and it, it helps that I have a lot of friends who live in LA and who, who are actual legitimate Kings fans who were like hmm hey while you're watching that like here's a cute clip of like Tyler Toffoli doing something stupid and like here's, <laughs> here's Martin Jones and Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson being cute roommates um and that was right up my alley so it just it just all spiraled down from there I I, I am a sucker for both like dumb boys doing things and also apparently very boring hockey um <laughs> so that 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 is my 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 brief journey to being a kings fan also the lasers at staples center are really cool and i i like lasers you're, you're like a cat <laughs> yeah exactly yes yes that's fantastic and you know for people who know me um before they know the show it's it's pretty well known i'm a sharks fan i mean obviously i write for fear the fin so for me, I'm trying to be neutral <laughs> in this episode. It might be a little difficult, but I think what's easy for me about it is that I like, unlike most Sharks fans, although maybe we're getting to that point, but we'll get there later in the episode. Uh, I don't hate the Kings really that much anymore. Like, I don't know if it's maybe just that like this year. <laughs> is you're you're, you're really, on that one. Yeah. But like. <laughs> There's also just a couple Kings players that I do like, and I think that that team has had a lot of personality in the past, and and that makes those players easy to 
to root for. So it, it makes sense to me. I mean, I, I, it for, makes sense to me. For the record, she is full on wearing a bootleg Sharks jersey. <laughs> so don't let her lie, fool you. <laughs> it's a two-on-one. <laughs> I am. I didn't plan this, but I am wearing a Logan Couture uh, retro Sharks jersey. <laughs> so, <laughs> oops. <laughs> uh so let's just get down into it how did this rivalry start and before you guys answer i just i feel like i have like three options here the first being since the dawn of time because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's a you know northern california team and a southern california team in the great tradition of the dodgers and giants the chargers and the raiders the 49ers and the rams the earthquakes and the the galaxies this is a thing this is not like a new like hey a northern california team hating a southern california team like revolutionary so i think just intrinsically this is a rivalry that was bound to happen so the other option is 2014 with the 3 and 0 comeback i think that that was a big defining moment which we'll also get to later but i think that was like a that's when it really took hold but the other option is something i found in my research <laughs> which is a quote from daryl sutter <laughs> who credits wayne gretzky <laughs> with what? creating this rivalry because wayne gretzky it didn't create everything like let's just put that out there he was good he got traded to la but he didn't create everything <laughs> As absolutely absurd as this sounds, so let me read this quote because you know what? He might have a point here. <laughs> uh, this is a quote from 2016. Oh. And he's, he says, the Ducks and the Kings, or sorry, the Ducks and Kings both won championships and San Jose has been close. Now, granted, this is 2016 before San Jose actually made it to the final. And San Jose has been close, but I think it all started with Ray Wayne Gretzky. When you talk about rivalries, only good teams have good rivalries. There's no rivalry when you're not. Fans don't have it. Cities don't have it. It can't be promoted or reproduced or that sort of thing. Unless they're good teams, there are no rivalries. I kind of buy that. Like well, also, uh, he's kind of missing the point that Wayne Gretzky played in L.A. before San Jose even existed. <laughs> like he got traded there as something like literally was born into the universe so i don't know what rivalry he was talking about in the 80s but yeah <laughs> but i mean I, I think he has a point though i mean like if la hadn't gotten onto a path to start to become this dynasty that they were for a while that there probably wouldn't be a rivalry right i mean it'd be kind of like how the sharks and the kings both feel about the ducks right <laughs> i don't know but how how did it start i'll throw that to you guys well if you go to the wikipedia of the shark king's sharks rivalry there's a whole page to it the fourth <laughs> sentence is the rivalry stems from the fact that both teams are located in the state of california as well as other professional sports rivalries between uh greater la and the san francisco bay area so i mean like for me obviously i was three when it started but LA and San Jose have been in the same division, literally for San Jose's entire existence. They started in the Smythe division together. They've never not played uh, in a different division. And they're the most common opponents uh, for each other uh, all time. So I think it just kind of was born. It's a classic geography rivalry, uh, the same way that Ottawa is a rival to Toronto in geography only. Um, <laughs> and Toronto, Montreal and the New York teams and stuff 
I think it was just an easy way for San Jose to join the league and instantly have that instant ra- instant ready mix rivalry of NorCal versus SoCal, and they were right there. And then it helps, yeah, that they became good later on. But I believe in the beginning, it just was, hey, look, we're both in California. Let's yeah. hate each other. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it was bound to happen. Like, there, there was no other, like, all due respect to Daryl Sutter and his <laughs> feelings. Um, <laughs> No, this was absolutely going to happen because Northern California, Southern California, like, well, look, new shiny team doesn't matter if they're good, doesn't matter if both teams are bad, doesn't matter. Like, we're going to beat up on each other just because they're there. And, you know, the rivalry with the Ducks, like, I dislike them for many reasons, but it's also a very, like, NHL manufactured rivalry. Like, there's no real reason to it other than just like Anaheim is down the road and most Kings fans I know would like there's a really interesting split between people who like okay if the Kings are eliminated and the Ducks and the Sharks are your only choices who would you pick there's a huge split between people who are like mm, I'd go with the Ducks because at least they're also Southern California and like screw the Sharks I hate them there's a lot of like a lot of Kings fans that feel that way and I'm like oh no don't look at me um, <laughs> but yeah no it, it was bound to happen didn't matter what the team's qualities were or how good they were or if they're ever met in the playoffs like no they're just gonna hate each other yeah and and i agree too there's among sharks fans definitely kings are number one i don't <laughs> think many sharks fans consider ducks their biggest rival yeah. the ducks when i tweet from the official fear the fin account i always refer to anaheim as the suburb of los angeles like <laughs> it, it is what it is it's it's, yeah. it's just a thing like no yeah. no sharks fans gonna be like oh man i really hate the ducks way right. more than the kings it, it's right. the natural the natural rivalry is Kings sharks. And then the ducks are just there. <laughs> they're, they're a thing, I guess. Can this yeah, just be a, can this just be a, a, a everybody versus ducks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I was trying to think of something that like was similar in the way that all three California teams, it's like, they're never all good at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it almost makes it, I mean, like, I think the closest comparison is another set of California teams, which would maybe be like the NBA California teams. All have four of them? Of, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the Kings really fall into that as much as like the Clippers and the Lakers and Golden State, right? Like, that's where, like, as long as one of them is good, like, they're all kind of going to hate each other, but like, you hate the one who's good the most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that they function in the same kind of way. And I think. What's interesting about this, this rivalry in particular, because it's so, it, it is manufactured, you know, like even, I know we talked about that with the Ducks just now, but it, it really is like the NHL going, you're all in California, here you go, <laughs> like you're enemies now. And, and I think when you think about rivalries in general, there's always kind of that low level, like you're in the same division rivalry, right? But yeah. so for me, like, that's why I think 2014 is really when this rivalry like kicked off because before then there wasn't a huge reason to hate each other, but that was, that was it. That was yeah. when it was like, okay, yeah, we don't like those guys. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause 2014 was kind of the trilogy of playoffs because San Jose and uh, LA have only met in the playoffs four times. Um, and 20, 2014, in the series that shall not be named, 
That was the third Sharks had won one. LA had won one. And that was the third mm-hmm. kind of meeting. And it was all happened in three years. It was 11, 13, and 14. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like the culmination of years of being good together and, and battling it out and stuff. And then it, it all culminated in that weird playoff series that yeah. <laughs> was very different for two fans. <laughs> yes. what's, what's interesting, though, I think, is that despite like me thinking okay like yeah obviously this is a rivalry that really didn't get its legs until later and in these teams um existences is that they've only ever traded with each other once in their entire histories and that That, is they do rivalries right (laughs) yeah (laughs) like the more we hash this out the more it becomes like there's some serious underlying hate san jose still yells beat la at every single game (laughs) multiple times like I, I think there's a real simmering low level underneath hate and only making one trade is some classic NHL yeah. shit right there. Right. What's the trade? <laughs> Do you want to take guesses as to when it happened? Is it? Okay. So Alec Martinez was a junior shark, but he never got drafted by San Jose, right? No. Okay. So then I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it was in 2008. And I feel like this is honestly like, an easy one to guess like what it would be because like obviously if these are two really intense division rivals and like just trading in your division in general is kind of like not a thing that happens a whole lot with teams especially teams that are good so this is like one of those like kind of low risk trades uh it was at the draft <laughs> they they oh. traded picks in 2008 san jose got uh la's 2008 fourth round pick which they picked um, Samuel grew and uh, the Kings got the Sharks' 2009 fourth round pick, which became Edward Pasquale, and 2010 fifth round pick, which became, became uh, Kevin Gravel. Well, he was useful for a hot minute. <laughs> I've heard of one of those guys, Gravel. I've never heard of the other two here. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, I, uh... I don't think either of them played in the NHL. Actually, no, yeah, I, I don't think so. I kind of looked it up, and I don't remember a whole lot. I just remember that um, Gravel is now with the Oilers, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with the Oilers organization. So uh, we are forgetting one one trade that happened. <laughs> the uh, well, it's when Doug Wilson absolutely <laughs> robbed LA blind for Martin Jones via just Boston. <laughs> he, yeah, like, I think he pulled on mafia laundered Martin Jones out of LA. <laughs> okay. So we're going to actually, we're going to pause on this because this kind of gets into my answer for the next section, which is, uh, what is the most defining moment in the rivalry? And as much as there are so many good games (laughs) to talk about, whatever, for me, I just think of Doug Wilson just absolutely (laughs) pulling a baller move to get Mark Jones, which also then sent uh Lucic to the Kings for a year and the Sharks hated that guy. <laughs> it was just like they just blew everything up for yeah. like a good year. <laughs> and like they're like yeah, we hate each other but now we're going to hate each other yeah. a lot for the next year. <laughs> yeah. Like like you ha- I have to respect that move that Doug Wilson was like yoink like I'm taking that young man for myself. Like I was very mad but also like at the same time, I was like, "Oh well, at least Martin Jones isn't going to the Bruins, who I dislike even more." Like I didn't like that at all. But so, so like it was very gutsy and like respect. I, I miss Martin Jones. I, I like him, but but also like 
Wow. And, and that for one year of Milan Lucic, which maybe was his like last vaguely confident year as a hockey player. Like, I, I hated that trade at the time because I hated him as a Bruin. And, and then when he came to the Kings, I was like, oh, like he kind of got his act under control. Like he wasn't completely off ridiculous and he actually scored some goals and looked fairly competent and didn't do too much stupid stuff and so I, I spent that whole season being like please Dean Lombardi don't screw this up like we don't need him forever like just go away and so we dodged a huge bullet there but like now at least I get to see Martin Jones like 500 times a season because <laughs> the Kings and Sharks see each other a lot. But that that was gutsy. That that yeah, move. that was just like a big middle finger to Los Angeles. Yeah, and he he I say he, but it's like Pete DeBoer um, always seems to play Jones against LA. Oh yeah, because he does great. Like <laughs> he, he destroys them. Like you, you can always count on like Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson to score a goal. Rest in peace, Tanner Pearson. I, you're. <laughs> he's not uh, dead he just has to play for Pittsburgh <laughs> but but like you could always count on them to score a goal on Martin Jones which like felt really good in my soul because it was like roommate buddies like whatever yeah um, <laughs> they were all but, friends yeah but like the rest of the team was like what the hell do we do we don't know how to score on this man and then the Kings lose every time <laughs> you'd think they would know how to score on him you'd, you'd think so but apparently not <laughs> Um, yeah, they, so, they didn't have any experience in doing that. Like it's, it, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was really good in practice. For for me, your question, the answer of the defining moment of the series, for better or worse, is 2014. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, literally, no matter what San Jose can do, because <laughs> I have the records right here, in 2016, San Jose absolutely curb stomped LA in the playoffs 4-1. But it doesn't matter because LA can be like, remember when we came back from 3-0? And yeah. it, it, like, it, it sucks. And <laughs> there was a lot of things that went into it. Like if one of the dirty, numerous dirty kings they've had through the years doesn't injure Mark Edward Vlasic with a headshot, San Jose probably wins. So, I mean, it sucks. And it's shitty that the defining moment of a, of a, of a pretty good heated rivalry is San Jose being on the wrong end of something that's only happened three times. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it really, really sucks because <laughs> no I matter think, what happens. I think, and I know you had talked about uh, 2014 being kind of the third act of, of those three playoff years, but for me, I think if you're looking at that as your opening act, there are still three acts that I think are pretty important uh in this rivalry and that's like this peak of this rivalry between these two teams is 2014 being kind of the start of it then 2015 with the sharks missing playoffs and this is all very sharks fan centric this is i think <laughs> through the lens of a sharks fan this is how we kind of look at this rivalry then the stadium series um was like this huge thing in 2015 and and the sharks missed playoffs that year and the locker room just blew up and then, then in 2016, the Sharks got to the Stanley Cup final and they beat LA in the first round to do it. So I think that, like if you look at those three years of of their history, that's like that's peak. Like hashtag beat LA. <laughs> 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 but how I mean, Sarah, how do how did Kings fans look at it? Like what do you like what is like the big moment for you guys when you guys think about the Sharks? Like I do think it really is 2014. 
and you know, so from, well, yeah, because they, yeah. <laughs> they won. And so, you know, from the, the king's the king's perspective, it's like you know, we we finally, you know, we conquered them. Not only did we beat them, but we like destroyed their hopes and dreams, basically. Wow. In that series, <laughs> and like at, at that time, like I said, you know, 2014, I was not necessarily following the Kings. Like I watched the playoffs just because I'm a hockey person and that's what I do. And at the end of that series, I actually remember being very sad because they kept showing all these like long, mournful Joe shots. Thornton crying. Like, yes, <laughs> Joe Thornton crying. And like, as a non-Kings person at that time, I was like, no, take the sad old man away. Like, I, I, I didn't want to, I was like, no, that I, I feel bad for this man with his like jungle beard on his face. Like, no. Um, but I, I think that, you know, d- after I descended into like the seventh circle of hell or whatever, which would be <laughs> Kings fandom apparently, like, that was really re- <laughs> that was really it because that that series was like the peak moment of like we can do anything as a team um and it was kind of really where that narrative of like the you know the kings just get in and see what happens and you know the, the next year you know when the kings missed the playoffs like you know the joke online and twitter and everything was just like you know the kings have been officially eliminated they're not going to make the playoffs everyone was waiting for game 1 of the you know pacific you know first round and like the kings just rappel down from the ceiling like no <laughs> one believed that like that team they're like oh they're still going to win the stanley cup they didn't make the playoffs but they're still going <laughs> to and i think that playoff series and that whole i mean that whole playoffs really like was kind of like the that that point in the narrative for the kings that was like we are like this big heavy team that won't take no for an answer and we're just gonna bulldoze our way in to the stanley cup which is what they did but they just had to like crush crush some (laughs) some hearts uh uh from northern california to to get there um the one good thing uh in that series though is that now that the Kings are a parody of hockey, um, you can basically oh. take everything that they say and turn it back on them. So like Drew Doughty <laughs> after that series was like, we could see it in their eyes. We knew yes. that they were scared or whatever. And now it's really funny to just make fun of Drew Doughty for yeah. seeing it in his eyes because the Kings are terrible. And yeah. um, I don't know how many more years we have left of Jonathan Quick being better than everybody else's goalie. A thousand. Um, <laughs> plus next year. A thousand years. Yeah. So like, that's always fun to make fun of. So yeah. that's just like, it's one of those things that's trying to like a silver lining, but like we're laughing through the tears because yeah. LA just can be like, well, we have two Stanley cups and uh, we stole your souls uh, in 2014. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, good. True. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah. 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 Like 40 year old Drew Doughty or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 40 year old Drew Doughty. You'd be like, yeah. yeah. Remember that time we won in 2014? And you were yeah. like, yep. Yeah. And the yeah. crazy thing is, is that San Jose. So they've played 152 times in the regular season. San Jose destroys them. Yeah. San Jose has 79 wins, 56 losses. There's seven ties. Remember those. Uh-huh. And there's been 10 overtime losses by San Jose. San Jose has 175 points against them, which is the most against any team. 79 wins is the most against any team. They're like third in point percentage only because they don't play a couple teams often enough. Mm-hmm. But the next team that they've beat up on the most is Arizona. Yeah, so which... San Jose owns LA except yeah. for these this one particular yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, that's like... <laughs> that's that's so kings like that's just i can't even defend it like you're absolutely right like <laughs> they're just they they are a team that exists that plays hockey sometimes sort of and had one 
really spectacularly lucky run. I think there's one other moment that like, and it's like the smallest thing, but I talk about it all the time. And like every time I think about this rivalry, it's this one specific moment. And it's <laughs> when uh, Logan Couture was in the penalty box and he skates out into Milan Lucic <laughs> and just absolutely topples him and uh, then skates over to the bench where Lucic follows him and punches him in the face. And Couture is just laughing the whole time. He is laughing at him. And it's the funniest thing to him. Like, <laughs> like it was a fight like it was a ridiculous hit but i yeah. mean there was nothing like bad about it it just shook him up and like he lost his mind over it and cooch was just laughing at him like that I is mean, that is this rivalry <laughs> that is the whole thing that's the whole thing <laughs> it's just that one one moment <laughs> Hey guys, we're going to take a quick media timeout to talk about a special offer for Sharks fans. If These Walls Could Talk is a series from Triumph Books, diving into the locker rooms and histories of NHL teams for an insider look at the organizations. If These Walls Could Talk, San Jose Sharks by Dan Rusinowski and Ross McKeon is available at triumphbooks.com slash sharks. And if you use the coupon code FEARTHEFIN, you can save 30% off this title. That's triumphbooks.com slash sharks, and the coupon code FEARTHEFIN for 30% off If These Walls Could Talk, San Jose Sharks. So with this being kind of a newer rivalry um, in terms of like, being good <laughs> like being a good actual rivalry looking at how it's changed over time is kind of difficult but like how has it changed over time because i think there's one thing we haven't talked about yet and that's the dean lombardi situation <laughs> and Daryl sutter and Daryl sutter combo. <laughs> yes yeah uh, i think that that like we haven't talked about it because i don't it like, doesn't matter yeah all, i mean ultimately and especially yeah. Now, but I think now that is what's kind of making this rivalry die off, right? Like, is it the same without them having like Lombardi and Sutter? I don't know. Kyle, you wanna you wanna answer? <laughs> yeah. So like, the the Sharks were one of the two worst teams ever in the history of the NHL when they first showed up and they won like eleven games that one year. So, and the Kings were in the '93 final or Western Conference Eastern Western Conference Finals against Toronto. So the Kings were competent and good in the early '90s. And the Sharks were bad. Then the Sharks kind of got better and the Kings kind of fell off. Then they kind of both got a little bit better, but not really. And then the Sharks took off and started making the playoffs every year. And then LA caught up. So it's kind of evolved in a weird way where they weren't good at the same time. Then all of a sudden they were both really good. And for me, management, like if Pete DeBoer got fired, <clears throat> please, um, <laughs> I don't think anybody would be sad to see him go take Willie Desjardins' job. I mean, Kingsman would probably be happy to have a competent coach. But, I mean, management and coaches are kind of just, like, mercenaries. Like, nobody, nobody's super attached to a coach unless it's, like, Scotty Bowman in Montreal because he was there for 20 years. But nobody really cares that much. Maybe Doug Tell Wilson. Tell Blackhawks fans, like, literally right now. <laughs> oh, I mean, they have, like, Stockholm Syndrome, though, with Stan yeah, Bowman. So um, but, like, I, I don't, like, Dean Lombardi leaving and Daryl Sutter leaving to go to the Kings is, like, they won cups. That's good for them. But it's not the same if, like, Mark Edward Vlasic got traded to L.A. or Thomas Hurdle 
uh, got traded to LA or, or left to go sign with them. Leaving to go sign would be worse. Oh, so, like if Eric Carlson went and signed with LA this offseason, that would be pretty heartbreaking. If Pete DeBoer got fired and started coaching for them, meh. Well, they did pursue Thornton. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a thing that happened. And uh, thank Ooh. God that never came to fruition. But yeah, that, that was a real it. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like really rooting for that to happen just because I thought I a I love Joe Thornton and like it would have been amazing chaos and like <laughs> I could have had a whole year of stories for the website like just about Joe Thornton coming to choosing voluntarily to come to the Kings. I was kind of bummed it didn't happen, but he's probably a little better off in San Jose, who is playing like I said, competent hockey. <laughs> Um, if the goal is for Joe Thornton to win a Stanley Cup somewhere, um, he's better off where he is, we'll just <laughs> say. <laughs> but I think that, you know, regardless of what that would have done for the Kings, because I don't know that it would have made, I mean, no. they maybe might not have been bottom of the standings. They would have been it. like two he spots fit up. He would have fit in with the retirement home team that they've got going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't have done anything for the future, but like that would have set this rivalry off for another yes. 20 years. It doesn't matter how long Joe Thornton's playing <laughs> hockey, that would have been like the biggest fuck you, and that that would be it. Like th- there would be no like, you know, the few like Kings players that I like dead to me. <laughs> absolutely <Thornton> gone. <laughs> Joe Thornton would have been dead to San Jose, probably. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like that's it like patrick marlowe already gets kind of shaded a bit for going to toronto toronto across the country in a different uh, conference so a a beloved cult hero and good player signing with la would just be absolute apocalyptic yeah i'm I'm, I'm envisioning what i'm imagining is going to happen when Tavares goes back to to the isle to play at the islanders um only like cranked up to 11 and probably with like more people wearing fake beards <laughs> oh god la would have taken over the beard thing too oh they would be insufferable oh drew downey would be the new brent burns i can't do oh, this like this is like i'm sorry that i'm trying to stay neutral here but this is like a line too far <laughs> like i hate everything about this conversation right now <laughs> it's the worst i'm done <laughs> oh god i just hope i hope they never trade with each other um i real life dislike la so i hope they never (laughs) trade with each other and i hope that no san jose star or even c-level hero (laughs) of san jose goes like if melker carlson went to la i would be pretty mad i would be pretty upset even though like he's a guy i don't care for in san jose i would be very upset be like melker come on what the hell who hurt you have there even, I don't even think there have been a whole lot of, like, like, Sharks players going, like, to other teams and winding up in L.A. eventually. Has that happened? Am I, like, am uh, I Did Tori Mitchell play for L.A.? Yeah. For a hot last, second? Yeah, last year. Oh, yeah. Tori Mitchell played for everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. There's been no, like, <laughs> yeah. was, there's been no was, direct. Yeah. Was Christian Erhoff a Shark? Of course he was. Yeah. He, he played for L.A. for a minute. Yeah. All like, these players keep getting laundered, though, through other yeah. teams. So, like, Erhoff went to um buffalo in a trade yeah. and then eventually found his way to la martin yeah. jones is like i think the closest direct one-to-one because he never played for boston right. it was just a quick stopover on the east coast so <laughs> I just get mad every time i think about it <laughs> <laughs> his dead soulless eyes just fly to boston <laughs> and coming to san jose like oh sweet back in california yeah 
how does that change your perception of those players even though it takes them a while like to end up back in california but if they're playing on a rival team like all of a sudden that's like a you know a guy the sharks liked at one time and now like how does that change your guys's like perception of those players i feel like if it was like if it was like a like you said like if it was a joe thornton level kit player if like Anja Kopitar decided I'm going to go play in San Jose. Well, A, I would immediately become a San Jose Sharks fan. But like, that's a different (laughs) level of like, than like, fourth line left wing dude, like, eh, whatever. Like, there haven't been enough. Yeah, if it was like a a major name, that's one thing. But like, these guys who I'm like, wait, I'm sorry, who are you again? Where did you come from? Like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Like, if it's, I think for me too, it's proximity to how good they are. Like Christian Erhoff was good for San Jose and young. And then he went elsewhere and then came to LA. So at that point he's like on his last legs. I don't really care. Tori Mitchell's literally out of the league now. So good for him for getting those checks. Like I don't, it's not thing. It's, it's more for me. It would be if somebody directly a year or two removed mm-hmm. from San Jose or immediately that summer flipped over, I would, I would be more upset. But if you're just trying to find a place to play at the end of your career, I don't, I don't begrudge you for it. It would be, a star or somebody moving over to uh to play there like justin braun if justin braun leaves the summer and goes inside <laughs> la i'd be mad <laughs> even though I, I even though he's just getting them checks I, I would be like oh come on you just played for san jose yeah no that would hurt me too i think that would be like the game changer in this rivalry at this point like that's mm-hmm. it like it needs to be a a player swap or signing that just shakes it up a little bit but yeah. uh g- getting back to how it's changed though how we've gotten to this point i think that um getting (laughs) getting back to Sutter's quote about Gretzky starting the whole thing I think (laughs) I think this is a rivalry that like it can only exist when both teams are good where we're at now like with the Kings being bad it's just not as fun to beat up on them anymore (laughs) yeah and I think that that stems from thing to do yeah and that stems from them having classic moments it's not so much like a like a Rangers Islanders where they hate each other just because they're there. They don't really have a classic moment. Um, and if they do, I'm sorry, New York, but <laughs> San Jose LA has those classic moments. They have the comeback. They have four playoff series. They have uh, Dustin Brown kneeing Thomas hurdle. They have these moments where they have Martin Jones now playing for San Jose. So they have these moments and they have, they've reached a height where they both need to be good. Yes. They both hate each other underneath their skin that's that's fair and they play each other basically within the first three games of every season but um when both teams are good is when this rivalry really takes off and and, and i think it's really come to the point where we only really want to see them in the playoffs we want blood (laughs) that's all we want (laughs) that's fair uh sarah how did like i guess like from our perspective now like the sharks are good so it's not like as fun but like for you guys, I mean, do you just dread playing the Sharks now? Yes. What? <laughs> yes. Like, it, I mean, this season I dread playing yes. literally every team. Like, I write the game previews on the website for it, and, and every game I just am like filled with existential dread over like what what is going to unfold that evening. So, like, it, it yeah, it, it, from a fan perspective, like it's hard to get up for a game where you're like, well, I know we're just going to get stomped. Like it doesn't, you know, even if, even if it is your biggest like hated rival, you're like, well, they're good. We don't know how to score goals anymore. And our defense is like one dude, like it's a little hard, like from a fan perspective to get excited for it. Like the, the, the narrative, like everything is definitely tilted 
in San Jose's favor because you're still good and we don't know what we're doing and have a coach who I don't know if he is alive. (laughs) 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 But he kind of just fits in with the LA being super old theme. Yes. He's just sort of there. Like he has a mustache. That's about all I can tell. I mean, (laughs) Willie is a badass name. If you, if you're an old man going by Willie, you've seen some shit. Yes. His name is Willie. And as I learned, whenever we were putting together all of our, so who is Willie Desjardins posts, he is from Climax, Saskatchewan. Nice. Nice. There's a Climax, Michigan. (laughs) Sister cities. Yeah. But, but I, I I feel like it's, yeah, like I can't say that I look forward to seeing the sharks aside from getting a chance to look at like Marvin Jones, Mar- Mar- Martin Jones, and wonder like what new robot android part he has had like <laughs> surgically grafted to his body to make him do goalie things. Like uh, they've been that, removed this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the upgrade didn't take. They have to like. Go, We're waiting re- on a patch. Yes, <laughs> they have to reboot him. It's a whole process. It's fine. It's fine when he upgrades to play off Martin Jones. We're good. We're solid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but you know, other than that, and like getting to see players that like I, as a person, aside from being a Kings fan, like to see like Like Eric Carlson. Yes, like Eric Carlson. (laughs) Like, I, you know, was that just a nightmare having San Jose trade for literally the best defenseman in the league? It was. You got him for nothing. <laughs> yeah. I have like a specific question on that. Oh, okay, because there's the, the video of Eric Carlson in overtime yes. against, what is it? It's Dowdy and Dustin Brown, Brown, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, Who are Dustin Brown? That guy can't cover anybody and they're asking him to cover right. Eric Carlson. Yeah. Like, listen, he's a guy out there trying his hardest, and by that I mean hitting things. Like, <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen it, by the way, we'll we'll do a quick. It was a three on three overtime, and I think Dowdy asked Brown if he wanted to cover yeah. Eric Carlson, yeah. and he looks yeah. at him with the most incredulous look on his face, and he's like, "No, to you." <laughs> and Carlson just starts laughing. So it's, obviously, it's that's not a player that they are. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to see Eric Carlson like 8,000 times a year. I don't want this. Like it was bad. Like, although if I have to pick, if I had to pick between him going to San Jose, like he did, or going to Vegas, like the rumors were San Jose every day. Like, I agree. I just, I, I, same. I, I, I would. Big yeah. same. Like, I just, I don't want anything good for that team, including them getting Eric Carlson. So if it means you guys get him fine, like, but I was just so mad. I was watching that come in being like, we could have done this too. We have mediocre <laughs> third liners that you could have taken. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing you don't have, though, is Doug Wilson. <laughs> no, we, we do not. We do not. He's... Who is it? Is it is it beloved legend Rob Blake? It sure speaking, is. Speaking of Sharks players and Kings players... Rob Blake was a, was a double, and he was actually the captain of San Jose uh, somehow. But uh, he's a how sleeper did we agent, Rob Blake? He's a sleeper agent. <laughs> really, this whole this is just a long con to bring down yes. LA and San Jose in hopes yes. to get Colorado back to the top. <laughs> Damn you, Rob Blake! He's a he's a triple agent, I guess. <laughs> Rob Blake, evil genius, is not the storyline that I thought we'd be going for. But hey, I mean, 
You should start putting this theory out there. Dumber theories yeah. gain hold on the internet. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this. We'll transition, I guess, into players for me, but for everybody else. Uh, is there anything you like about the other team? Because I know I've already mentioned that there are some players, and I'll name names later, but I'll let you guys kind of talk about who who do you like? I mean, what do you like? <laughs> no. <laughs> Kyle, you're so boring. <laughs> I mean, I think... I think uh, Kings fans and Sharks fans can agree. Uh, fuck the Ducks. Uh, that's yeah, a pretty good one. Um, the, the one thing that the, we, the Ducks fans, Sharks fans, and Kings fans have in common is that they all hate the Ducks. So that's about it. Jeff Carter is pretty. Uh, yes. Thank you. I didn't want to be the one to say it, but true. It. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend's probably like, what is going on in there? Uh, yeah. Jeff Carter's cool. Uh, I thought Dry Island was pretty boss. Um, I'm really... <laughs> I'm really scratching the bottom of the surface here. Uh, uh, I guess the, oh, the gray and black Wayne Gretzky era jerseys that you could play for like Blades of Steel on <laughs> Sega Genesis were pretty dope. Um, that's the end of my list. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I mean, like, like I said, I'm like, I own a Joe Thornton hoodie. I had a friend who lives in San Jose go to the shark store and buy me one of the Los Tiburones hoodies that they sold. Yeah, because I, nice. yeah I, I was specifically Those are just was, cool. I won't even yeah, fault you for that. Those are just I cool. Was, I was like, I I need this. Like someone go buy it for me. And my friend who bought it is a Kings fan who lives in San Jose <laughs> who felt very dirty going into the store. But I was like, please. <laughs> I'm a nice person. I'll pay you. Like, I, I can't, like, they're fun. Like, I like, you know, from a fan perspective, I really like the fact that the Sharks, you know, do those things like the, you know, Hispanic Heritage Night, and they actually go out and get, you know, artists from the community to do the artwork and everything. And they don't just hire some white graphic design kid named Bob to, like, draw, <laughs> uh, like, culturally appropriating skull or something like i i think that like the sharks are doing a lot of cool community things and fan fan base like building things and you know as far as non-traditional market teams go i think that they are really great at you know incorporating the community and not just catering to you know the rich white people who you think are going to be hockey fans so like you know, from that sort of perspective, I, I'm really into what they're doing. Yes, that's why I love them. <laughs> I like many of the players on the team. I had to look at the roster because there's a lot of names on here now that I don't know. But what like, you mean you're not familiar with Radam Shimmick? <laughs> <laughs> now I Monte Suamala. I feel like there's all these like random guys, but like I end up knowing their names because they end up scoring against the Kings. Like, <laughs> oh, some kid like who I, I it might have been, uh, I think it was Radil, I think maybe scored against the Kings or something. There was someone who everyone was like, who the hell is that guy? And I'm like, of course it's someone with his second goal of the season against the Kings, of course. But like, I think there's a lot of players on the Kings or on, on the Sharks that I like. Like, I like Joe Thornton. Thomas Hurdle is like the happiest soul on earth. Like, there's a lot to like there. My robot son, Martin Jones. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, I think in this league, and it's interesting to to say this when these teams really don't have a whole history of players playing for both of them. But, uh, you know, with how much the league transitions, it is kind of hard to, like, hate 
any team wholly because there's always going to be that guy that got traded to that team and all you know like i used to not really like the panthers and then they got jason demaris who's my favorite player and i was like oh yeah all right i'm in (laughs) for for a season but uh you know like that's just i i think you can't really fully hate a team Uh, oh you can other than the ducks (laughs) unless unless you're kyle unless you're kyle or or unless we're talking about the ducks who have just like the most unlikable team although uh, they have Patrick Eves, so like I, yeah. like, I even that I just can't, I can't, I can't. They got Adam <laughs> Henrique, and I was really mad because I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, but I like Adam Henrique. Why is he dead to me now? Yeah, they're like, not allowed to have a handsome <laughs> guy. That's not fair. <laughs> Whoa, Ryan Getzloff is pretty to some. Uh, what? <laughs> Listen, Jeff punched him once, and it was great. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, Jeff Carter, I think, is the big selling point on the Kings for me. I really, I love Jeff Carter. Like, I don't know what, he's just so perfect, endearing. Endearing. He's just so endearing. I love that he has no teeth. Uh, that, <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Uh, and there, I mean, Kopitar and his dog is like hilarious and adorable <laughs> and so cute. And Tanner P- Pearson, may he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> He was also very cute with his dog. Like it's just like they're cute with dogs, of, and that's gonna lot, get me. We have a lot of dog content. A lot yeah. of dog content. The yeah, because thing- Dustin Brown has Kopitar's dog's like sibling, right? Yeah, like I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. The first thing that happens whenever the Kings acquire a player is everyone goes online to snoop on that player's Instagram or Twitter to find out if he has a dog, because that is the most important. <laughs> Like I, he could be the world's worst hockey player, but if he has a dog, we're like, well, you're one of ours now. So we have yeah. a lot of. A Maybe lot that's of, how they built their current roster. They just took all the worst players because they have dogs. Yeah, you have discovered Dean Lombardi's secret stat- strategy: grits oh, and. That's dogs. why Martin Jones plays for San Jose because he yes. doesn't have a dog. Oh, yes, he they had got to go. classic has that no trade clause because uh, he, he has, has too many dogs. Many <laughs> uh yeah i i just i think there are players on the kings um my current actually i guess there's two currently that i'm like i'm really into which would be um iafalo mm-hmm. who i think is another one of those players that i recognize because he scored on the sharks at one point and i was Probably, like yeah, what's i know up? what your next one is <laughs> yes you do <laughs> jared anderson dolan who i Yay! love, <laughs> I love him too. yes I, like yeah. it, he he I they have really high hopes for him. I like to think that he may be like future Kings captain Jared Anderson Dolan, which is oh. really great. He's currently playing for Team Canada, so yes. I'm fully on board the JAD yes. train for another yes. week. Yes, <laughs> and like <laughs> if if they were, and he has been one of the, the prospects that they have been very adamant about not throwing into any deals. Um, like you know, there there were always rumors whenever mm-hmm. the Kings were like maybe going to try to go after Max Pacioretty or something that like other teams want him and the kings are like no 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 that that is our our boy um (laughs) if they ever try to trade him i am getting on an airplane and going to find rob blake or whoever is the gm if he gets himself fired and having a discussion because (laughs) leave leave him where he belongs (laughs) that's fantastic it's funny that you bring up max pacioretty because it just came to me uh in a genius (laughs) moment it's kind of the story of the franchises Match Pacioretty got traded to San Jose and LA at the draft. Right. Yes. But then, sorry, <clears throat> we'll start with the sad one. LA was like, shit, didn't get patches. Let's go sign Ilya Kovalchuk. 
And Doug Wilson was like, hmm, didn't get patches. I'm going to trade for Eric Carlson instead. <laughs> <Wilson>. <laughs> Which is funny, too, because the Sharks were in talks with Colville Chap, mm-hmm. too. Like, that's not like, like, it's just many layers to these two teams, both like pursuing big guns. And uh, I think the Sharks won. Oh, only one team getting one gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other got like a knife. We, 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 it doesn't help that our coach doesn't know what to do with Ilya Kovalchuk. Well, he puts him in front of the net on the power play. What is that? I don't know. I, I don't, like I said, I'm not really sure that our coach knows what he's doing and, like, currently is playing Kovalchuk on the fourth line with Nate frickin' Thompson as his center, (laughs) like, playing like nine minutes a night. So, I love this personally. I'm sure you do. <laughs> this is I... great. I do. Uh, <laughs> since, since, since we're still in the, uh, what do we like with the other team? I think every team of a non, uh, I'm sorry, every fan of a non-traditional team has to pay their respects to LA. LA mm-hmm. was the first one. They got Gretzky. They made hockey cool in non-traditional areas without LA being, without LA getting Gretzky and LA being good back then. I don't think, Hockey really takes off in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, it would be much harder. San Jose may not even be there. But up to that point, they had dipped their toe into different places. LA has been around since the 70s, but weren't very good. And then Gretzky came along and kind of showed that hockey could work. And I think everybody says thank you for that. And now LA can go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, as I did research for this episode, <laughs> uh, that's one of the things that comes up a lot about why this rivalry is so good is that it's two non traditional market teams that see each other often, uh, and not even just in the regular season. If we're talking more recently, you know, they see each other a lot in playoffs, and, and, that brings hockey to a lot of people that it typically wouldn't reach it, you know, and having those, you know, as much as I, I, you know, I wrote an article last year kind of uh, digging into the NHL for their playoff structure. Cause I think that loading up rivalries in the first round is a stupid idea at the same time, having that like almost guaranteed Anaheim San Jose or LA San Jose or LA Anaheim series. That is such a, good thing in terms of growing the sport Mm -hmm. so like that to me like even if this rivalry doesn't like have that same kind of spark i feel like it's never gonna stop being talked about and it's that's gonna be you know as long as this is a rivalry that actually gets promoted that that's always going to be a good thing it'll be back (laughs) yeah (laughs) what (laughs) what would it take for this to, to like come back, like to really, I know we talked about like a, a major player acquisition, but like what else? I mean, is it really just dependent on them being good? <laughs> LA, LA yeah. joining the NHL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 things need to like maybe not suck for a little while. Um, and in defense to my team, they do actually have a lot of good prospects who are just not there yet because they're all still in juniors because we spent several years giving all of our draft picks away for reasons. Um, (laughs) But there are a lot of good kids in the system who are coming up. There's, you know, for the first time in a long time, there's a goaltending pipeline. So whenever Jonathan Quick's groin finally explodes for good, like there are goalies there to to take, I mean, that's what's going to (laughs) happen. So I, I think that, 
if I'm going to look at it with a little bit of optimism, which I have to, or else I can't get through the rest of this season without crying. Um, the team will be good again at some point in the near future. Will they be Stanley Cup contenders? I'm going to plead the fifth on that. But I think the games <laughs> will get more interesting, especially as they get more young players integrated into the lineup. And we're starting to see that now with some of the kids coming up and making an impact from from the AHL that, you know, the games will not be miserable to watch, hopefully, in, in the future, now that the Kings have realized that you can't just like hit people for 60 minutes a night, you have to actually put the puck in, in the hole. Um, so I, I think we're getting there. And then at that point, like I won't want to watch the games out of fear instead of out of like depression. Yeah. Uh, going, off, going off that though. I mean, the thing about this rivalry with it being relatively recent that it, it kind of hit its peak, th those players are still on the, both of these teams. So do we think that, like, as they age out, I guess? I mean, both of these teams also have monster contracts for some mm -hmm. old dudes. And I, it's not going to be pretty <laughs> in the future. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be thanking the gods for compliance buyouts. Like, oh, it's yeah. just oh God. Uh, but, <laughs> I, I mean, are, are they still going to be instilling that in the youth? <laughs> like <laughs> um, I, th I think the next wave of this rivalry, like, other than the low-level NorCal SoCal hate uh, and just the general disdain, um, I think the next big thing of the rivalry will come with not so much this guard. I think how, how it peaked in 2014 and then kind of, or like 2014 to 2016, it, it kind of peaked. Those guys will be gone. Like Thornton will definitely be gone. Um, well, Doughty and Kopitar are there forever, but like forever. Carter will be gone. Like Richards is already gone. Um, Marlowe's gone. Boyle's gone. So we've seen a lot of turnover already. And I think, um, especially with LA and then San Jose having a lot of 30 plus year olds. You were not going to see between the two state of the teams, LA is not in a state where they can be good enough for a playoffs yet. So I think the next wave is really going to come when Gabriel Velarde and JAD and Cal Peterson are all up on the team for real. And then San Jose will have Merkley and Blickfeld and they will have their younger guys still there. Like Timo Meyer is going to be a pain in LA's ass for the next 15 oh, years. So, yes. um, <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be the younger guys on the rosters now, and maybe one or two older guys like a Vlasic or a Couture or a Doughty will still be around. But I think we're gonna see younger guys bring the rivalry back to life. Yeah, and like sometimes you would think like you know oh these kids don't have you know they don't have the history of 2014 they don't have any of that but then you know the the rookie prospect tournament thing over the summer where it was you know kings and ducks and sharks in Vegas and like. I remember that the Kings prospects and the Ducks prospects played each other and they're all kids who like, they don't have the rivalry of those two teams and yet they wanted to murder each other the entire game. So I was like, well, the kids get it already. Like they probably just hate each other because someone punched someone else in like juniors or something. But, yeah. Like, you know, I, it, it's literally... everybody wants to punch Max Compa. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it's a little interesting to be like, Oh, these kids who have no, history for the rivalry like they're not really even kings and ducks yet but yet there they are like just they're, pr they're, they're princes and ducklings um <laughs> uh, so uh -huh. I, I think i agree too i think hockey is the one sport well not me the one but hockey is a big sport where hockey culture takes over all um so 
playing for the logo on your chest. Oh, I could do the cliche machine all day, but <laughs> playing for the logo on your chest and, and play it not for the name on your back and, and fighting for the guy next to you, um, I think really overtakes it. So these guys all, these guys now have grown up in a, an era where the internet and Twitter and highlights and everything have been prevalent. So they know they've watched the highlights. They can go back, they can mm -hmm. see it. So when they put on a Kings or a Sharks or a Ducks jersey or whatever, they know what the history is. Mm -hmm. And especially if they get to a place where one or two of the veterans are still there, I think. I think we're kind of seeing where hockey culture takes over and the fact that they can easily Google. Like somebody like Max Comtois, well, that's a bad example. Uh, Gabriel Velarde growing up, he can he easily knows about the 2014 uh, playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how much they embrace it, but I think I think they will they will play for the logo on their chest. Yeah. <laughs> Cliche. <laughs> While I, we've got a Kings fan here, I just have one other question and it makes me think well i have we have the closing question but we'll get to that uh we were talking about you know who's gonna teach the kids the rivalry and Ogutur and drew dowdy i think are gonna be the last kind of wave of those players that, that were really there for the the rivalry week and logan couture and drew dowdy have an interesting history because they were friends <laughs> uh, and like it was known that they were friends but then logan couture said some things <laughs> in 2016 that were not great <laughs> about dowdy Wait, what did and he then say? so going back to this is from 2013 couture and this is just to confirm that yes they are in fact friends these are <laughs> quotes direct from logan couture which is um he was asked if he yeah <laughs> oh he was asked if he has been talking to dowdy and he said no nothing i've just talked to our friends we have a group of mutual friends about five to six guys so i've texted them but i haven't talked to drew at all it's probably going to hold that way for another week and then he was asked about dowdy's annual softball tournament that they play on in the summers and he said i mean we hang out almost every single day in the summer when we beat them two years ago, we heard a lot about it. And when they won the cup last year, I heard about it too. So we'll see. Hopefully he will have the bragging rights this summer. So like they, they are legitimate friends. That's a thing. And then something drew Dowdy had said something, right? This was in 2016. He was asked about the difference between an O and three series and a two and one series. And he said, it's huge. That was exactly our approach tonight before the game was to cut it in half. Etc. 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 And he said, "You know, they're thinking a bit, a, a little bit about it now. So we're right where we want to be." And that's what he said about it. And some sharks took offense to that, <laughs> including Logan Couture, who then said, and this was after the series was over. He said, "Throughout the last couple of years, things have been said by players on that team that, to me, I take it as disrespectful. It's nice to stick it back to them and beat them in the series." Even in this series, someone on the team said they had us right where they wanted us. Wonder if they have us where they want us now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great quote. Yeah, and and I can't find it, but like I remember this happening. Like I remember this like actively happening, and like everyone being like, "Oh my god!" Like Logan Couture really did that. But like then he okay, so then. Uh, Dowdy shot back with, I debated saying something, but I didn't. I don't know. Whatever. He can say whatever he wants. It doesn't really affect us. I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, to be honest, everyone talks about this buddy thing, but we aren't really that close. We really aren't. We basically work out at the same gym, and that's about it. Couture literally said in 2013 <laughs> that they hang out every day in the summer. Like, I, 
how are they just like pretending that they don't know each other now? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like Drew is like the reality is many things, but he is maybe not the brightest to <laughs> He runs his mouth a lot and then gives other teams like the bulletin board material. Yeah, like, we see it in their eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that he gave some like quote about Vegas, like basically I, I forget what what it was, but it was some typical Drew Doughty, like we're gonna cr- crush them in the playoffs, and like Vegas literally put that quote on the ice in their pregame show in the playoffs <laughs> to be like like. I just, I just need him to not talk anymore because he's not helping anything. It, like, this is just so wild. This is my favorite storyline right now. I think of this, this rivalry is that Logan Couture and Drew Doughty are just like pretending they don't know each other right. when they were or like, like, or are they actually like frenemies now? Like, did did this actually <laughs> escape the like the like hockey? You know, like, oh, we t- we all talk big, but then we go fish together in the summer. Or <laughs> do like has it actually escaped that and now they actually don't like each other because drew daddy couldn't keep his mouth shut like yeah i really don't know (laughs) it is the wildest thing and like uh was drew daddy drew daddy was on team canada in the team cup of or the team the The world World cup of hockey because he's Vlasic's partner yeah yeah like so he was on a team with Couture then, and like I, they just can't pretend that they don't know each other. They also, right. I believe, they played hockey when they were like the juniors, yeah, little kids, yeah, because yeah, he's from London and Couture is from Guelph, so they're right beside yeah, each other. I don't, I don't think they were on the same juniors team. I don't remember off the top of my head. They would have known um, each other. Yeah, but yeah, like they were, yeah, like <laughs> so just like nope, I don't know that guy. I think he goes to my gym. <laughs> It's like in the office when when uh, Dwight shuns Andy. He's like, shun. Could you tell Andy? Unshun. No, you're still shun. Shun. That is just the funniest thing. So I wonder, I mean, will we ever get a real answer there? I think we did. I think we did in 2013 when they were like, yeah, we're best friends. (laughs) They're probably still cool. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe this is like all just, we'll just come up with another conspiracy. This is just like, (laughs) they're just trolling everyone. Helping build the rivalry for the fans because we're the ones that love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. So my favorite topic out of the way. Uh, What can we expect with this game coming up? They're playing each other on the 7th. So that's going to be next week. And uh, what what can we expect with them, you know, after kind of the state of both of their seasons? Uh, Sarah, how are the Kings doing? (laughs) Uh, Real bad. Um, if, if, if there's like a, a, it's one of those, like the bar is on the floor and like occasionally they sort of stumble over it and win by accident. Um, they trip over the bar, but they still break their tooth. Yes. That is basically the, the 2018, 19 Los Angeles Kings. Like, I mean, they, they did just, they did just win four in a row. They had points in five in a row. Um, they have had stretches of looking, like we kind of thought they would at the beginning, like before this season started, you know, of a team that like probably was not going to just sail into the playoffs, but could, you know, get a wild card spot and whatever. Um, that said, they're not a good team. So you're probably going to win. <laughs> Martin Jones is probably going to get to like raise a little goalie stick in the air and like get hugs from people and like 
Drew Doughty's gonna like make a face and like break a stick. Like I just, <laughs> I I'd like to be more optimistic, but they're not giving me a whole lot. The power play's bad. Like there are some interesting young players to watch out for. Like Alex Iafalo is one. Like I think he's really kind of blossomed, like really upped his game this year to actually being a contributing player on that top line and not just a guy who goes into the corners and comes back out with the puck. He actually scores goals now. Um, we have some other young kids like Matt Luff is scoring a lot of goals and giving us a lot of really good pun fodder for his name. Like the defense is still a mess. Like there are interesting things to watch. There are players who may make a difference um, and actually do good things, but you're probably going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, I know I know how the Sharks are doing, but you want to tell me how the Sharks are doing? Well, the Sharks just played a comparable level team in Edmonton and beat them 7-3. Um, <laughs> San Jose, to quote, not to quote, but to dispel the narratives that are out there, San Jose is sick. They're, uh, they're unreal right now. They have, despite their early season integration of literally five players, um, they're rolling. They're crushing teams right now. Martin Jones's robot heart has decided to beat a little bit. He's come back to life. Eric Carlson is literally, literally on fire. He's got like nine straight uh, games with a point. He's up to 30 points in 36 games or whatever it is. You think he's eighth in scoring. Uh, Timo Meyer's on fire. He's having uh, uh, like a Matt Barzell-like season. Joe Thornton, not a corpse. Really good. <laughs> Um, uh, Brent Burns is still scoring like everybody the problem with San Jose is that if you don't get goals from Timo Meyer, Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle you're still going to get goals from Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski and then you're still going to get points from Kevin LeBanc and you're still going to get points from Marcus Sorensen and I haven't even got to the third or fourth line yet there's still Jonas Donskoy there's still Barkley Goodrow Evander- oh yeah, I forgot about Evander Kane, our seven yeah, million dollar man. I was like, literally Dang. forgot about Evander Kane. So um, San Jose is a handful. San Jose is never a team that comes out at the gate well. San Jose is going to be a force coming up. I mean, if they're rolling teams like Edmonton seven three, their teams. Well, full offense, because I don't like them, but LA's not going to have a chance. <laughs> the problem with LA, though, is that they get in their heads, but it's. It, I think it's going to be a destruction because I look at LA's player stats, um, and you already answered one question, who is M. Luff? But who is A. <laughs> a-, a- Wagner? Um, Austin Wagner, he is very fast. He still is working on developing the hands. Um, he's the one Carlson got suspended over. Yes. Oh! That kid. That's um, not worth it. He, he plays also, eight minutes a game. Yes, um, because our coach is bad. He <laughs> also tried to fight Nick Cousins because Nick Cousins ran over Jonathan Quick, and that was a really great moment. Nick Cousins didn't want to fight him until other players from, from that team were holding Wagner down, and then he threw some punches. So that was great. Um, I, I mean, from, from a shark standpoint, if Dustin Brown is your leading goal scorer with 10, there's, there's yes. some issues. Yeah, so I am very sad. confident. We, we were the last team in the league to get someone with 10, 10 goals. It, <laughs> it was bad. Also, I, I would like to say I didn't know the depth scoring was a thing that was allowed. I thought that that was fake. <laughs> um, so it's nice to hear that other teams are doing that. And I'd like to write a letter to the Kings um, when we're done here. Um, on on our podcast, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Teal, we always do a sense check because they blessed us with Eric Carlson and his sweet, sweet hockey skills. Ottawa's one point ahead of LA. Yeah, they sure are. Aww. They sure are. 
Yeah, we oh. started the Suns check because we were like, they're going to be bottom of the league and it's going to be fun to like see how they're doing after giving us Carlson and making themselves worse. And now it's like, oh, <laughs> the Kings Still are not like, the bottom. Right there. So last week, I, I kind of introduced the spur of the moment because it's it was two people who were pretty down on their teams. But this week, it's a little different. But I still think it's going to be fun just to put a Kings fan in this position. So I'm going to count down and, uh, you know, three, two, one, go and tell me who you think is going to win this game next week with the Sharks and Kings. So three, two, one. I love it. I love it. All right. So Sarah, where can people find you? And do you have anything coming up? Anything you want to plug? So we're uh, jewishfromthecrown.com on Twitter. I'm at go or go ahead, which is not a great Twitter name, but that's it. <laughs> coming up. We have just join us on Jewish from the crown to like make fun of the Kings. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll let your posts go through. Someone else needs to suffer with us. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh kyle where can people find you and what do you have going on i appreciate that your pin tweet sarah is uh, uh what's his face in a penguins jersey yes yes <laughs> but I, I, the I lyrics went, i will remember you <laughs> I, I went to that game when the penguins went to came to chicago i took that picture and i made a very sad noise and touched the glass when he <laughs> skated past me uh, go kings um <laughs> Where can they find me? You guys can find me on Fear the Fin. Uh, I mostly just co-host the podcast with C, Blood, Sweat, and Teal. Check it out. We're in the middle of season two. We'll be coming back regularly after the holidays are over. But check us out. We love to talk about Sharks hockey and the Ottawa Senators and lots of off-ice stuff, which is what we're really into. Which our true, our one true yeah. love is off-ice <laughs> Sharks storylines, like wags and who got on what plane and whatnot. So um, check us out. Uh, come over to Fear the Fin. We got lots of good stuff going on and. The San Jose Sharks are good. So it's happy coverage. Yeah. If me talking about Drew, whether or not Drew Doughty and Logan Couture actually know each other is any indication of what I'd like to talk about so, on my podcast. Uh, I'm in, in the new year, I'm introducing a new segment uh, about Instagram because I follow a lot of the wives and girlfriends. And Jonas Donsko just got engaged to his girlfriend. So I'm super yeah, excited to talk nice. about this. <laughs> Uh, so I just want to say thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song New Situation as our intro and outro. You can find them on Facebook. And if you're in the Bay Area and want to see them live, you can uh, look at all their shows there. Um, you can also listen to them on Spotify or iTunes. Thank you to Triumph Books and a reminder that you can pick up a copy of If These Walls Could Talk San Jose Sharks by visiting triumphbooks.com slash walls sharks. And with coupon code fear the fin, you'll receive 30% off that title. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, by the way. Did not mention this last week, but we do have a Twitter handle that's at Backseat Brawl. Um, I figured the full name was a little too long. So so that's where you'll find our show on Twitter. We are hosted on Anchor, but you can find us on pretty much every major platform at this point. So that's really exciting. So once again, I'm C. Morley, and you can find me on Twitter at Now You See Me. That's S-I-E spelled like my name. <laughs> And this has been Backseat Bench Brawl, Sharks vs. Kings, which you can catch live on January 7th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Hey,